Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Xi Zhi. Coming up, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been ousted in a historic vote. Armenia is working with world bodies in dealing with the influx of refugees fleeing the disputed region of Nagorno-Karabakh. And police in Thailand have arrested a teenage suspect after at least two people were killed in a shooting at a luxury mall in Bangkok. We begin in North America. U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been removed from his job in a historic vote. The ouster came after Republican Representative Matt Gates earlier forced a vote on a motion to vacate the office of the Speaker. This is the first time in U.S. history that a Speaker of the House has been voted out of office. It is Tianshan has more. Well, it's nothing short of chaos playing out in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, This is really a historic political moment uh, to see a U.S. House speaker removed from leadership this way. Uh, Quite an embarrassing moment for McCarthy himself, who spoke uh, soon after the vote, calling it a personal attack by another Republican congressman. I believe I can continue to fight, maybe in a different manner. I will not run for speaker again. I'll have the conference pick somebody else. I hope you realize that every day I did the job, regardless whether you underestimated me or not, I wanted to do it with a smile. It will certainly be a forced smile when his weakness within the party became clear uh, as he tried to negotiate averting a government shutdown just days ago. And his removal now came uh, after just enough Republicans, by the way, only eight of them, uh, joined all other Democrats uh, to have enough uh, for a majority vote. So uh, that just goes to show the demise of his influence within his own party, but also uh, the separations, the divisions we are seeing right now within the Republican Party itself. Well, right now, Patrick McHenry from North Carolina has taken over as the interim House Speaker, but obviously his role is just to mediate this process until a new Speaker is uh, elected. And and obviously the biggest problem right now is to find the right person uh, for this job, the right person who can actually get enough votes, because you might remember uh, how difficult it was for McCarthy himself to uh, collect enough votes. Uh, It actually took him a mind-blowing 15 rounds of voting before he could uh, secure enough uh, votes to get into this role. So now we're looking uh, at a situation where it is completely unclear whether Republicans can find uh, any other candidate, really, who can get enough votes uh, to become the House Speaker. Uh, And as you know, uh, we know that they have already started their meetings behind closed doors uh, all evening. They've been frantically uh, searching for the new candidate. And this search could actually last for um, uh, a long time. Uh, But the problem is, of course, uh, nothing will move forward in Congress until they uh, actually pick the next House Speaker. And remember that this is all happening because McCarthy himself negotiated a deal with Democrats to avert a government shutdown just temporarily until mid-November. So that means we now only have 45 days to figure out first who the new speaker will be, but then 
uh, once again, we have to find out, get enough votes uh, to fund the government, or else we might be heading for yet another government shutdown here in the United States. So certainly this will be a long marathon uh, in the coming weeks. Thus, it is Tianshan on the removal of the U.S. House Speaker. The United Nations Security Council has authorized a Kenya-led multinational force to Haiti to help the police fight spiraling gang violence. This comes a year after the Caribbean country asked for help amid a series of recent gang attacks and a growing humanitarian crisis. Dan Collins reports. The UN Security Council resolution was approved with 13 votes in favor and two abstentions from China and Russia. The U.S. drafted resolution will send a multinational force to Haiti, led by Kenya. The Biden administration has pledged $100 million to support the mission. On behalf of the government and the people of Haiti, I would like to thank all of those for their voices, their efforts, their support, and their contribution of all sorts have finally made today's decision possible. This is more than just a simple vote. This is, in fact, an expression of solidarity with a population in distress. Separately, the U.S. Defense Department promised another $100 million in airlifts, intelligence, and other direct assistance. It's a huge challenge as armed gangs control most of Haiti's capital, Port-au-Prince. Now their reach has spread to new territory, regions like Artibonit and Haiti's central department, and the under-resourced police have been unable to stop them. The UN estimates that more than 10,000 people have been forced to flee for their lives from the central department just in recent weeks alone. Our whole family no longer has a home. And you know where we sleep. We sleep on the ground. A relative gave us a place to stay. We don't even have suitcase. We couldn't take anything with us. We've got nothing. I'm a woman. I was raped when I was 16. Thousands were left destitute, worsening the humanitarian situation, while the UN says half the population of more than 11 million struggled to feed themselves on any given day. Everything was burnt, even my rent money. I have nothing left. The state has abandoned us. We need security, money and places to live because we're on the streets. I need a job to support myself. The armed confrontations have disrupted access to health care as even hospitals have come under attack. Healthcare administrators say that breaks a generally accepted moral treaty that previously protected health centers as neutral sites. The violence spiked last month after the notorious leader of the G9 gang alliance, Jimmy Barbecue Cherizier, vowed to overthrow the government. He also called for a truce among gangs through a wider, quote, alliance. But the opposite has happened, and the people of Haiti are caught in the crossfire. That was Dan Collins on Haiti's battle against gang violence. Turning to Europe, Armenia is working with world bodies in dealing with the influx of refugees fleeing the disputed region of Nagorno-Karabakh. Last month, Azerbaijan took the region from ethnic Armenians, leading to an exodus of a large number of ethnic Armenians the following days. Stephanie Fried has more. As Armenia struggles to absorb the estimated 100,000 refugees who have poured into the country, the country's politicians are making changes and humanitarian groups are appealing for help. On Tuesday, Armenia's parliament ratified the Rome Statute of the ICC, 
recognizing ICC jurisdiction, the implications being that if Russian President Vladimir Putin steps foot into Armenia, he can be arrested. Armenia and Russia were at one point closely allied. That has changed of late. In other developments, UN inspectors wrapped up a tour, the first of its kind in 30 years, in the enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh inside Azerbaijan, coming to the conclusion that no visible evidence of violence against civilians was present. In parts of the city visited by the team, they saw no damage to civilian public infrastructure, including hospitals, schools and housing, or cultural or religious infrastructure. Amidst suggestions that France and other European countries may provide aid, including military aid, to Armenia, the UNHCR has issued an emergency appeal for help in housing, clothing and feeding the mass influx of refugees. That was Stephanie Fried on the Nagorno-Karabakh refugee issue. Now in Asia, a 14-year-old boy has opened fire inside a major shopping mall in Bangkok, Thailand, killing at least two people. Police say the suspect was taken into custody less than an hour after the first reported gunshots at the Siam Paragon Mall, one of Bangkok's biggest and most upscale shopping destinations. The Chinese embassy has confirmed that one Chinese national is among the dead and another is injured. Initial investigation suggests the suspect has a mental illness. Martin Lowe has details. Is the Siam Paragon shopping mall where the shooting took place. It has now reopened to the public and in fact somebody has just laid some flowers here at the entrance. Uh, so although the incident itself is closed, events are still developing. The Bangkok Emergency Medical Center has just announced that the death toll has risen to three people. The Thai Ministry of Foreign Affairs previously said two people had died. One, a Chinese national, we think uh, a woman holidaymaker, and someone from Myanmar. And uh, at least five people wounded, another Chinese person, some from Laos, and three Thai people. Now, police have confirmed that the shooter was a 14-year-old Thai schoolboy. Now, he appears to have been using a replica pistol, which had been converted to fire uh, bullets. Um, after he was detained by police, and there is uh, security camera footage of him uh, putting up his hands as he was surrounded by armed Thai police officers, getting down on the ground and surrendering uh, without a fight. Um, uh, but his mobile phone was seized. On that, there is evidence that he was texting schoolmates uh, during the shooting, saying that he was uh, killing people. He's, he's clearly now in police custody. He's also being examined by doctors to see if he has any kind of uh, medical condition, which might begin to explain this. But at the moment, it seems uh, motiveless. This has happened just a week after Thailand actually uh, scrapped the need for Chinese visitors to obtain visas to come here. Uh, but news like this um, can do nothing other than cause people to stop and think before pursuing a decision to travel here to Thailand at the moment. That was Martin Lowe. Still in Asia, India has told Canada it must repatriate 41 diplomats within a week. Tensions have risen since Canada accused Indian agents of orchestrating the murder of Sikh separatist leader and Canadian citizen Hardeep Singh Nijjar in June. India has denied the allegation. Ravinder Bawa reports in New Delhi. 
So far, there has not been an independent uh, confirmation on this. But yes, the local media here is definitely quoting this report by the Financial Times to say that the Indian uh, Foreign Ministry has given an ultimatum to the Canadian uh, mission here to downsize around 41 diplomats by the 10th of October. Of course, India had mentioned this on the 21st of September when the Foreign Ministry had addressed a press conference in which they had announced that India would, uh, you know, that the number of, uh, of uh, diplomats in Canada uh, of India are le lesser than the number of diplomats, uh, Canadian diplomats in India. And it is time that there should be parity both in rank equivalence and strength. And this announcement was made and India had said that Canada will have to downsize. But now giving a date and also giving a, a list of those uh, diplomats and saying that if after 10th of uh, October, if these diplomats do not leave the country, then the diplomatic immunity will be revoked. So this is something very serious, a big blow to the already, you know, plunging ties between the two countries. India had earlier even suspended the visa services for Canadians from all across the world. So that still is suspended. And now this is another announcement, especially by giving an ultimatum. Ultimatum announcement was made, but now giving a final picture to this announcement which was made in September, it is, uh, you know, it is quite uh, sure that the two sides are digging their heels and how far this will go, we'll, we'll have to wait and watch. That's Ravinder Bawa on the diplomatic row between India and Canada. And now recapping today's headlines, U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been removed from his job, the first time a Speaker of the House has been voted out of office. Armenia is working with world bodies in dealing with the influx of refugees fleeing the disputed region of Nagorno-Karabakh. And police in Thailand have arrested a teenage suspect after at least two people were killed in a shooting at a luxury mall in Bangkok. One of the victims is a Chinese national. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Sijit. Thanks for listening.